Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hey everyone, my name is Tyler and I'm one of the pastors here at The Ridge. And thanks so much for taking time to join us on our YouTube channel or podcast today. And we're currently in one of our biggest times of year at The Ridge as we are going through our At The Movies series at all of our locations. At The Movies is a series where we teach on truths found in the Bible using great scenes from great movies to help us learn them. It's a lot of fun and a lot of people are taking steps towards Jesus because of it. And due to copyright law, we can't post these messages on our YouTube channel or on demand like we do with most message series. But we are going to be able to do that again next week when we're kicking off a brand new series called On the Run. So I hope you will join us at one of our locations or online for that. But today, we are going to give you some extra bonus content on our podcast and YouTube channel by walking you through part two of a series that will hopefully help you take your next step in following Jesus. And this is part two of Inferno. See, last week, we saw that an inferno is a fire that is dangerously out of control and that our anger can grow just like an inferno. And we've all felt it happen. I mean, something happens, our internal temperature and our blood pressure, they both rise, the anger grows, and left unchecked, our anger has the potential to grow into an inferno that becomes dangerously out of control and leaves devastation all around it. It hurts the relationships with people we are closest to, it could impact our job, the people we work with, our friendships. I mean, it could leave us feeling alone in our sea of rage. And so our goal for this series is to extinguish the inferno in and around us. And last week, we took time to deal with our own anger. And if you missed it, I want to encourage you to go back on YouTube or the podcast you watch or listen. Now today, we're going to look at how to deal with angry people who make us angry. And when it comes to anger, Sometimes you're the one who is angry and your anger is growing. And sometimes you're on the receiving end of someone else's anger. See, I grew up with many angry people in my life. I'm marked by moments of screaming, yelling, bickering, hollering, scheming, and bitterness, and it wasn't fun. I remember nights being woken up as a kid due to family members fighting and being scared of what would happen as a result of that anger. There are many women in my life who've had violence done to them at the hands of an angry man. And every story that they shared with me has had the same emotions. There was guilt for being with that man, then guilt for wanting to leave. There was shame for what they perceived to do to cause that violence. There was shame for having it done to them. And there was fear of what could set them off next. And it was so hard to hear about their experiences of getting burned by these angry men. So most of us deal with angry people most days. Angry bosses, angry neighbors, angry parents, angry spouses, angry kids, and even angry people online. And we know that angry people discourage people around them. They damage your self-esteem, and they make you want to quit whatever you're doing around them. The natural response is to try to avoid these people. We don't like getting burned when their inferno is out of control, and so it's like a stove. We've been burned by the burner once, and we're not going to do that again. But the reality is we will always have these kinds of people come in and out of our lives. In fact, 
most of the time that angry person is someone you just can't ignore. You have to deal with them most days. And these are people like your coworkers, a boss, a spouse, an ex-spouse, a child, a parent, a friend, or even a relative. And so what do you do when you're surrounded by angry people? How do you respond when you are on the receiving end of criticism, hurtful comments, angry outbursts, or even worse? The good news for us is that we aren't the first group of people to deal with angry people. People have been angry at each other for years, and they will continue to do so. And so to help us navigate others' anger, we're going to look at a letter that was written by one of the most famous church leaders who ever lived. That leader is Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest friends. See, Jesus, he gave Peter the task as the leader of the early church, and he gave them the mission to help as many people find and follow Jesus as possible. And so this movement of Jesus followers, it actually got the attention of the Roman government as well as Jewish leaders, both of which felt as if this movement would take away their power and their control that they had. And so these government and religious leaders, they actually responded to this movement the only way they knew how. Stop it with fear and intimidation. They would do whatever it took to convince people to not join the Jesus movement or convince them to abandon it. So they would kidnap followers of Jesus and they'd throw them in jail on made up charges. Jesus followers would also undergo intense persecution. At times they would lose their jobs, their homes, even their families. It even got to the point where they were killed because they were part of this Jesus movement. They were ripped apart by lions at the Colosseum or they were lit on fire to provide light for the Roman festivities. They were literally just getting burned and having horrific things done to them by other people's fear and anger, by their inferno. Now, can you imagine the feelings, the fear that this church is feeling because of the anger of others? Well, this early church is trying to figure out how to deal with the angry people in their lives. And they're beginning to ask, can we fight back? Should we retaliate? Knowing this, Peter wrote a letter to be passed from church to church, sharing how they should respond to their inferno. And this passage gives us tremendous insight and how to deal with the inferno of others. Let's check it out. We're gonna start in chapter three and begin in verse eight, where Peter writes this. All of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. And it's interesting that Peter starts here. To sympathize means to understand the other person, to look at it from their point of view. It doesn't mean excuse it or wipe it away, but you take time to understand where they are coming from. Now, last week, we discovered that anger comes when we don't get what we want. It's that second emotion. And these Roman leaders are doing this to the early church because of their fear of losing power. You look close enough to the angry person in your life, you're gonna find a wound. It might be a lack of love, fulfillment, insecurity, anxiety, fear. Again, it doesn't excuse or justify their behavior but it will help, help give you some insight into them. Now, some of you, you grew up with angry parents, parents who didn't show much affection and were overly critical. Maybe they were extremely strict and controlling and it frustrated you. Chances are, if you look closely at their parents and the way that they grew up, you're gonna gain some insight and understanding of what shaped them into the people that they are. Some of us, we have that difficult boss. He's overly critical and difficult to work with. Maybe he has this internal fear of failure. Perhaps he's insecure. 
He may have had a dad who he could have never pleased. And now he's driven by an unhealthy desire to prove his worth. Again, it doesn't excuse the way he treats you or the rest of the employees, but it helps you better understand it. Or some of you, you feel like your spouse is always angry. And perhaps that's her way of trying to make the point that they're trying to balance the never-ending days of changing diapers, working, paying bills, and hauling kids back and forth to different activities. It doesn't justify the outburst, but it brings insight on how you could help bring relief to the deeper problems. So Peter says, here's how you start. Don't personalize it. Start with the other person. You start here because we only naturally see things from our perspective. And that's why we get angry. Peter says, take time to understand the other person. And it's amazing what starts to happen. It begins to give you a sense of compassion. You stop seeing that other person as the enemy. And it begins to change the question, what can I do to retaliate? So what can I do to help? Well, Peter continues with that. He says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. So here's what Peter is saying. He says, don't fight fire with fire. A couple of weeks ago, I found out someone was hurt by something that they thought I said, and they started saying things bad about me behind my back in front of others. And my first reaction was feeling the need to defend myself where I could have explained how I was right and with this other person, what they were doing was so wrong and it could have felt good to, to, to have done that at first. But here's the problem with that. When you fight fire with fire, that fire grows. And when a fire grows, there's more hurt and more pain to go around. Unfortunately, most divorced couples understand this. One spouse does something that hurts the other. And instead of dealing with it, the other spouse responds by getting even. Now they have both hurt one another. What was once a couple committed to loving one another is now two people committed to finding ways to hurt one another. And they use every weapon in the arsenal. Accusations, lying, distrust, past hurts, until eventually the marriage is unable to handle it anymore. Both get burned. And so Peter's instructions, don't fight fire with fire, it will grow. Instead, do this, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will bless you for it. Pay them back with a blessing. I mean, here's what that means. You do something good for the other person. And this isn't excusing their behavior. This is the way to extinguish their fire with water. You do something good for the other person. You do this by asking yourself, how can I help them rather than hurt them? Now, if you're watching today and you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you don't have to do this. But I would encourage you to do this because I think this will help you repair many relationships. And no matter where you stand with God, I, I know this, I want you to have healthy relationships. I want that for you and God wants that for you. But if you do consider yourself a follower of Jesus, this is what we do. You pay back with a blessing. You fight fire with water because that prevents you and others from getting burned. And here's why we do this. God is ultimately concerned about our relationships. He wants us to have great relationships. And so you look for ways to do good for the other person. Perhaps you have an angry neighbor and he's always upset about something. And so what are some ways that you can do good for him? Shovel his sidewalk when it snows, rake his leaves, 
Invite them out with your friends, pray for them, or you're dealing with a constantly angry spouse and you look for ways to do good for them. You pray for them, you help them. You just look for a way to do good for them. Or you are dealing with an overly critical boss. You go to the boss and say, how can I help today? You do good for the other person. Start the process to extinguish the inferno. And here's what's great. Peter says God will bless you for doing this. The goal for us is not to get the other person's recognition. The goal for this is God. This means God will recognize your attempt to extinguish the inferno. It may not play out the way, the, the, the way that you think or even hope, but God will recognize the effort to extinguish the inferno rather than add to it. And this blessing often comes in a restored relationship. Peace at home with your spouse or your child. Respect from your boss for approaching him. Whatever it is, God recognizes your effort to extinguish the inferno. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that relationships will automatically be restored by doing this. This approach of sympathizing with others and then blessing them often extinguishes the inferno, but there are times that it won't. And there are some people who are always gonna be angry no matter what you do. So what do we do with them? Well, a few verses down, Peter reminds us that no matter what, he tells us this, to keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Keep your conscience clear. In other words, own what you own. There are things in the relationship that you can control and there are things you can't control. Your responsibility is to do the best you can with what you can control. This other person, when the inferno consumes them, it's on them because you did what you could do to keep your conscience clear. You are doing whatever it takes to extinguish the fire. And so as we close this series, there are two things that I want you to ask yourself to help extinguish the infernos in your life. Here's the first question. Where's the fire? See, one of my responsibilities here at the Ridge is to help oversee our safety response team. And our safety response team is just an incredible team that is ready to respond to any emergency need at one of our locations. They're one team that I pray is bored most of the, during our services. I mean, they're great and they helped us develop our emergency action plan. And one of the emergencies that we plan for is what to do in case a fire were to ever break out in one of our buildings that we meet in. And while meeting with this team who are firefighters and police officers, they say that the first step to extinguish a fire is to identify where it's at. Where's the fire? You need to know where it is so you can put it out. If you don't know where it is, you have no idea how to put it out. And so in your life, where's the fire? Who or what are you mad at? What's causing the inferno? Or who or what is burning you? Where is the fire that's out of control? Where is it? What's the cause? And once you know where the fire is, we then ask ourselves the second question. Hey, what can I do to extinguish it? And this is tough because it provides clarity and gives us responsibility. We now have that responsibility to put out the fire. It's as if we take the fire extinguisher and we now aim it at the fire, we're ready to put it out. The best way to do this is to ask another question. One that we often ask ourselves. See, as followers of Jesus, we have to get into the habit of asking this question whenever we come into contact with someone. And it's a big question because Jesus sets the bar for us. And we know that Jesus was killed at the hands of angry men. And when this happened, here's what Jesus didn't do. He didn't fight back. 
He didn't form an army. He didn't wage a war. Instead, Jesus forgave them. And he didn't stop there. Not only did he forgive them, he died for them, as well as for you and for me. Why would he do this? One word, love. He loved them. And he loves you and he loves me. Love compelled him to do this. And so in that, Jesus set the bar for his followers by doing this. We extinguish the inferno by asking the question, hey, what does loving like Jesus require of me? In regards to extinguishing the inferno, what does love require of you and require of me? Jesus isn't asking you to die, but he is asking you to ask yourself, what does loving like Jesus require of you? And this question, I mean, it's so difficult to ask, especially during an inferno. When I discovered that this person was saying those things about me behind my back, I realized that it was time for me to do what we're talking about. I had to sympathize with this person. I mean, this person's going through an incredibly difficult time. And though it didn't excuse what they said about me, loving like Jesus and asking that question led me to understand that I still needed to reach out and help this person. I was led to take the first step and spend time with this person and take the first steps to put out that inferno. And when we ask ourselves, what does loving like uh, Jesus require of me? It provides that clear path to extinguishing the inferno in our lives. So what does loving like Jesus require of you? For some, it requires a conversation. You need to have a conversation with a person and either apologize or own up to your own inferno. For others, it may require forgiveness. In your inferno, you've been holding on to a grudge for far too long and it has ripped apart your relationship. It's time to let it go. And for others here, you may need, may need to set up some boundaries. You want what's best for this relationship and it may require you to say, I love you enough to tell you the truth. This behavior is not acceptable anymore. And still for others, love may require you to escape. It's time to get out of that abusive relationship, to protect your kids from this person. And it may seem unloving, but it may be the most loving thing that you can do. It can be the wake-up call for this person to say, I need help. I need to do something about this anger. And so last week, we saw that our anger can and will destroy our relationships, our relationships with others, as well as with God. But here's the great news. When we extinguish the inferno in us and around us, it leaves room for these relationships to flourish. This is what God wants for us. And so as we wrap up our series, I wanna use this time to pray for you to take the step to extinguish the infernos in your life and that God would bring flourishing health to you and to your relationships. Let's pray together. God, we are just so grateful that you have just given us this great insight through Peter who taught us not to fight the fires with fire. And God, as we live in this world that is just so full of anger, that whenever we go online, uh, whenever we talk to someone who thinks differently than us, we, we just experience just this level of anger that we aren't sure what to do with and, and, and we end up feeling burned because of it. But God, as tempting as it may be to fight that fire with fire, God, we know that doesn't bring healing to those relationships. And so Father, you set the standard for us to show us what it means uh, to not fight fire with fire, but rather we pay others back with a blessing. And we follow the standard of Jesus and we love others the way that he has loved us by giving himself up for us regardless. 
And that led to a restored relationship with you. And so, Father, we are so grateful for your son, Jesus, for doing that. And God, we, we just pray, God, that you would just lead us to take that step to follow your example. And God, that we would love like Jesus uh, to those um, who, who may be hurting us right now. And so, Father, I pray for those of us uh, as, as we take that step uh, to, to forgive that person for the hurt that they've caused, to set up the, the boundaries and have that appropriate conversation. God, to uh, uh, find a, an opportunity to bless them and to pay them back with a blessing so that it can bring healing into these relationships. God, we are so grateful that you are a God who just loves and cares about the relationships that we have, that you want us to have healthy relationships and you want us to have a healthy relationship with you, so much so that you gave your son Jesus and, and you didn't pay us back for, for the times that we've walked away from you and sinned against you uh, with anger. Instead, you, you, you paid us back with love and you gave us your son Jesus so that he could die and rise again to give us life and a new and healthy relationship with you. We're so grateful for that and we receive that. And God, it's his example that we wanna follow to experience health in all of our relationships. And so we follow his lead and we pray in his name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.